All right, so Natalie is here now from Wellwisher. Hi. Woo. Yeah. We're here. <laughs> it's always, it's hard for bands from Jersey to make it here the most because Jersey is like the worst commuting place yeah. ever. It's so funny because sometimes, you know, from Asbury we'll play a show in like Montclair or something. Yeah. And you hop on the Garden State and you're there in like, you know, 50 minutes an hour or something. And you're like, wow. You know, you got so far so fast. Yeah. And then sometimes you're like, have this other place in New Jersey you're going, and you're like, why is it going to take me two hours to get yeah, there? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's seriously. like 30 miles away. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. So, um, yeah, it, New Jersey is an interesting place. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's always like the time, I guess, and the day of the week. But then sometimes there's just an accident on the parkway, and it just fucks your whole day up. Yeah. I've been teaching in Thomas River, and I was telling you before, and... Yeah. Uh, the summer traffic was like unreal, you know, Yeah. like it was, it's a Friday, so that doesn't help. It's like a lot of people coming down to the shore, Sure. you know, yeah. on a Friday and I'm, you know, leaving at my normal time from my place and, you know, just sit in traffic and then the garden state, I was like, Oh, I guess I have to leave an hour earlier. Like, I don't know what to do. So, I mean, it ended up being all right. I just like left a little bit earlier and it worked out really well. Yeah. Like maybe like 15, 20 minutes earlier, but yeah, it's like kind of nuts. Not as bad as LA though. So yeah, that's true. Could be worse. (laughs) Could be a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. So you're giving a lot of lessons now. Yeah. Five days a week. Yeah. Five days a week. I teach, um, drums, guitar, piano, vocals, and bass. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, beginner to like intermediate level stuff. Just not nothing too crazy i'm like uh i saw like a wired interview with like paul mccartney the other day and he it was like he was answering questions about himself from google and one of the questions was like like how many instruments do you play and he was like oh this that and this and like but i'm not very good at any of them yeah and i've just like resonated so hard with that because i feel that like i'm just (laughs) sort of like i play all these instruments people like think i'm good at them but like really it's just a means for me to like write music and make yeah you're a songwriter at heart yeah 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 so like um yeah it's kind of interesting teaching lessons like kind of with that mindset yeah sort of like well i feel like it could be fun though you know you make it about like making music which is why we play instruments right yeah like proficiency is one thing and it's all good and it's important but like you know you want to be able to write stuff too you know yeah like exercising both sides of the spectrum totally technique stuff and and being able to execute things like easily and properly on your instrument but also like what we use it for which is like creating music sharing it with people and just like having fun exactly yeah so you have people like all ages i do like uh, i have a couple adult students and a couple students like you know seven or eight starting piano and stuff like that cool Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was telling you, I teach like elementary school mm-hmm. and people ask like, oh, how do you play all those instruments? Are you good? But like I'm teaching third, fourth and fifth grade. And I'll tell people like, yeah, I play everything at like a seventh or eighth grade level. Like it's <laughs> yeah. enough, I know how to get you started and like make a decent sound. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. When you're so you're doing like band instruction. Band and orchestra. Yeah. yeah so you have to know so much like trumpet, like all, yeah. all the different parts, how they work, reads so much there's so. a lot i did a lot of googling my first year yeah like i, I thought college that. prepared me but there's like there's just so much to it yeah where did you go to school william patterson oh cool so mm-hmm. it was fun i was a shithead i just like left early and went to go i was in wayne talking about commuting on a parkway i would always drive back to new brunswick to play with like marlonisha at the time and like, yeah but it was fun like yeah. I, I liked doing it i just wasn't very 
you know, it was I was a classical major and I wasn't very about it. Right. But now, like looking back, and I'm like, oh, a lot of that shit was cool. Like all like atonal, like new music and like yeah, weird sounds. so much you, percussion, classical. Music? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you're doing like you know all this like insane percussion music vibraphone and marimba and like yeah, all that stuff it yeah, was neat it's cool yeah i like how so much of that has come out of the past like 100 years versus like maybe like you know just learning mozart pieces or like bach or something yeah yeah like it's like feels a little bit fresher feels a little bit more modern and yeah one of the guys in my school was like the one of the pioneers of new music and they, mm. they were calling it like the jazz of classical music like in the 70s <laughs> yeah. it's just like super out though like he would like be performing in the concert hall and he would just take marbles and like throw them on a snare drum and then like shake the drum and like all this like really weird shit yeah but it was started cool. to get like a little like performative like yeah yeah like i always thought john cage was like kind of bullshit like, yeah. <laughs> like 433 is just like a silent song yeah. i love how that's like the benchmark like they always like teach you that in your first like class like uh, yeah about like new classical music they're like well this changed the game <laughs> it's just like whatever like 48 bars of of rest yeah or whatever i don't sure. know how much it is but like you know it's, it's like all right it's just it's fine i guess that's cool you know they, they say it's not art unless it like elicits a reaction and that shit pisses me off so that's, yeah there you go <laughs> that's that's you know it's, it's art. yep <laughs> how do you like keep teaching like fresh like because if you're, if you're doing it all day playing like the same instruments and stuff yeah do you ever like think about how you could well because i mean the more you're behind your instrument i guess the better off you are right yeah i think like whenever that's definitely true like i've seen just for myself in the past five years like teaching lessons full-time improvement technique wise for various instruments and i love teaching voice lessons like it's such a great exercise like like learning a song you've never heard before and then having to help a kid sing it and learn the rhythm and yeah. the melody. And um, I love listening to like pop songs and just being like, oh, one, four, you know, minus six, five, you know, just like like immediately like being able to just like help them that's uh, awesome play all the chords they probably like stuff. are super impressed too because like i mean most pop songs are like what like four or five chords yeah max. Most of the yeah yeah, yeah. And so. they're like, whoa you can just hear it and like play it. that's awesome yeah but then you you kind of explain it and you're like well i mean there's only like 12 notes really and yeah like, oh, we're only really using seven of them at a time <laughs> it's so it's true. like not like rocket science <laughs> yeah. like yeah. you just kind of listen but um yeah like i think that keeping lessons fresh i like always try to challenge myself even like the past couple of weeks i've been working on like you know a little paradiddle exercise where you do like a single double and triple paradiddle and just move it around the kit in like a way that makes like a cool beat sound you know it's like sounds like more like a groove rather yeah. than just like an exercise sure and coming up with stuff like that is like fun and exciting for me like to like spice up the lessons because it gets so boring just sitting there being like Right, left, right, right, left, yeah. right, blah, blah, you know, whatever. It's, so. it's, not fun, it's not fun for the kid or the student either, you know? Exactly, You gotta yeah. make it exciting. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So now you're you're not playing drums in the band anymore, really. No. Yeah. You're yeah. A we front tried person. it once, and it really? just it didn't work with this arrangement. I think the songs are a little bit more, pa like, fast-paced, a little bit more, like, I don't know, there's just... You know, Dolly's did like the the '60s pop thing, like sort of. Yeah. So it was like simple, like almost Ringo parts. Yeah, like guitar work could be like was like Beatles-esque or like classical rock influence, but still like modern sounding. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, I kind of got away with like 
playing drums and doing simpler parts but like in this where it was like a little bit more aggressive like 90s you know like pop power pop or like fuzz pop rock yeah. something in that realm it was just like a really challenging and, and difficult so it just made sense to stick on guitar and um i've been so fortunate working with the drummers i've like worked with over the past like mike mike year. is the dude now so yeah mike lenardi plays yeah with when us we, now. he's so good <laughs> when we played in philly i was like that's awesome he's killing it yeah yeah he he destroys and he's like very um a lot of the same ideas like i have about music like he does too like in terms of like uh Dyna dynamics are very important yeah you know it was he was suitable for what the songs yeah <laughs> exactly. definitely worked and then like we were really fortunate like um anthony uh from milkman like tony from milkman he uh worked on the record so he was the drummer who played on the record oh cool and uh he absolutely killed it and came up with like really creative parts like he always does yeah like, everything in milkman like is sick and um, then before that, we were working with Chris Laporto, who plays with Can't Swim. Like, he's the front man for Can't Swim. Yeah, he's yeah. He's, like, a ripping drummer. Like, he's, like, so good. Well, he's played for a long time, too, right? He played in, uh, like, an old, oh, fuck. A Love Like Pie. Yeah, that's it. Was his, yeah. Yeah. So, um, he's just been, like, so fortunate working with the people. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, really talented people from New Jersey. Well, you've always, like... I mean, in the past, like, I'd probably six, seven years, you've been, like, really immersed, like, in, like, the Asbury scene, right? Like, you're living down there now? Yeah, I live in Asbury, and I work there um, part of the week, and it's a cool music scene for sure, and um, there's, there's so many so places. Many musicians yeah, there's because, so much going on down yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, in any given night, there's, like, you know, three or four shows that you could walk to, and I really dig that, and I think um, sometimes the community can be a little, like, cliquish, you know, like, they don't maybe, like leave asbury too often or something yeah like they kind of stay there yeah um but like in terms of like playing with people and getting gigs you know yeah being able to support yourself as a musician it, it makes you know it helps that's great so. yeah well yeah it seems like a town where you could like get like solid bar like solid paying gigs too mm -hmm. so i could see it being like a weird divide in some aspects between yeah. that and like you know playing all originals and doing like this and like trying to find a happy medium of the two i guess yeah it's like you could work you know all day there and then ride your bike down the street and go play a show on the boardwalk and you know make a decent amount of money for the day and and you know be home by midnight and yeah. so it's got a, a definitely some positive aspects you know for sure right there you've been pretty involved with lake house too right lake house recording studio yeah so um I started teaching at the academy when they opened and I was cool. one of the first teachers. Which is when? I think like 2012, the beginning of 2013 really. Cool. And, um, you know, I work in the studio like every once in a while and, and help them out with different things like when they need fill in musicians or backup singers and stuff. And it's actually really cool because that's how I ended up um, meeting and like kind of becoming friends with like the dudes from the front bottoms they wanted a female vocalist like lead in one of their songs 
and they were tracking at Lake House. And Eric Romero called me up and was like, hey, like, would you be able to do this? And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing anything. So I just like, you know, came by and, you know, you look at the song later and you're like, okay, like a million and something plays later. You're like, sure. that's how many people have heard my voice. That's sick. That's yeah. so cool that I got that opportunity to do that. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I didn't even know they had like recorded there. But that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. They did um, the Rosie P, which was like in between the last two full lengths. That's so. the one you're on? Mm hmm. Nice. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So. Cool. And yeah. Eric like toured tours with them sometimes now, right? Yeah, he's their their touring bass player. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he's uh you know, he's been working with them on and off. Like he recorded that EP and has done some stuff for like m their other songs that were on uh Going Gray. So Right on. Yeah. It's cool how many like opportunities can come just from like being around. Like you were just free that day and like it's like, Oh yeah, come through, you're good, you yeah. know what you're doing and like you know how to hang and like do a vocal session. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's all from just like, I think really just saying yes a lot. Sure. Like, I think that it gets scary as a musician. I mean, I don't know if you feel this way, but it's like this feels like this balance between being like, oh, my God, I suck at everything or being like, I, I'm great. You know, like, yeah, it's like you have to have the confidence to like do stuff like that and know you're going to be okay. But at the same time, go home and be like, well, what can I improve on? Like, you always got to be critical. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that I just kind of learned over the past, like five or six years, like as a musician, you just, you know, try to say yes as much as possible to, to gigs and stuff. Cause you never know where opportunities are going to lead you and who you're going to meet. And, um, I think that that's like important. Yeah. You've been doing this for a long time too long time <laughs> i think we all have <laughs> yeah know? yeah it's pretty wild at this point yeah yeah like probably like uh, maybe like 12 to like 15 years most of us yeah right playing at this music point. and like playing out or like starting bands in high school and stuff yeah all that yeah like playing the chubby pickle remember that no, spot what is no that? that was in red bank it was like uh i think it they still like throw shows there no stuff. shit really or i think it was called like he was just called Chubbies or something. Like was, I remember that. Yeah, okay, yeah. but I didn't know that was short for Chubby Pickle. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe like that's the new place that they put there or okay, something. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know. But just, yeah, like playing like all those, you know, daytime shows because you're 15 <laughs> yeah, and all your friends are 15. <laughs> Jersey shows, matinees, all that yeah, shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It says something that we're all still doing it, though, you know? Yeah. I mean, what else would we do? Like, I don't know how to do anything else, but, like, yeah. Know, we're all, like, still relatively active and, like, you know, still making it happen and having fun. Yeah. I think, like, the hardest thing is sort of balancing the – that balance act between, like, making it a huge part of your life and also being able to financially support yourself in New Jersey it's yeah, tough here it's it totally expensive. is expensive it's you know you have to own a car for the most part yeah, if, if you commuter are state. yeah especially if you want to go out and play shows yeah you know, go to rehearsals and everyone's like you know 40 minutes away from each other and shit exactly like that. So, yeah yeah that's like such an important balancing act that you can like sort of find a, a medium between both and yeah yeah. It's kind of like the older you get, the harder it gets to an extent, too. Yeah. It's like, make time for everything. Yeah. Like, I, I flip the switch heavy in September. I go from, like, being on tour in the summer to being, like, a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's yeah. just, like, it's kind of a bummer at first. I'm like, no, well, I like teaching, too. And, like, I don't want to stop doing it for now. 
but it'd be cool to tour forever right yeah like, yeah i know. mean that's kind of the goal right yeah i think so yeah yeah as soon as it makes sense to you know take the risk and quit your job to yeah you know i mean your shit could be a little more flexible i'm guessing like lessons and stuff you'd always like say we're gonna pick it up in two weeks or something yeah it's it's always a gamble though because every time you take off is like an opportunity for a kid or a parent to be like well we're not going to continue lessons yeah you know so i don't know why that is or if that's it's just kind of how it they is, get out of the routine of it yeah you know? exactly it's just one of those things that you have to just keep like with a student you just have to you know not force them but it should be expected they have to you know come to lessons once a week yeah you know like if they love it, they'll stick with it. And uh but you know, just like with everything, music isn't necessarily for everybody and especially when you're a kid, there's so many options for you and your parents sign you up. Yeah, and kids do like twenty different things. Yeah. You know? They're yeah. like, Well, I actually kinda like, you know, football practice more than this, so eh, I'm not gonna continue. So Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. You can't blame them, but it's better to keep them when you can. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. It it helps me when they want me to want to stick with it. And, and, uh, it also makes it fun and a better lesson if they're like actually invested into it. And into it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you're, you're going out with Wallwisher. You said you had some weekenders coming up. Yeah. So to promote like the record coming out Which um, next week, it comes out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Friday we are doing like four weekenders. Well, it was kind of like, it's going to be like three weekenders. Like we just played in Philly this past week. Um, You're playing over here, right? Yeah. Grand we had the, the very last day is in New Brunswick. And I think that's on the 14th. It's a Sunday night. Cool. Um, but it should be super fun. And the bands that are playing are great. It's like El Americano, Steve. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I'm going to try to come. Yeah. 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 14th, October 14th. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So, and we're going to be coming home from Richmond, like, the night before um that could be a real bad drive 95 like yes dc richmond traffic well we're planning on leaving that night okay yeah that's mm. the way to do it mm -hmm. yeah yeah you just dc traffic Sucks. is the worst yeah you're like this six hour drive went to 10 you're yeah. like in in, in a second <laughs> real bad yeah, yeah it's because yeah. commuters were like one time it was like 3 a.m and there was just like construction oh. on 95 and it just added two hours to the drive yeah i'm trying to turn this podcast into a traffic report podcast so <laughs> <laughs> anyone that wants to know where the bad roads are yes it's like if you're in a touring band avoid dc at all costs also uh uh all of like 95 in uh massachusetts Ooh, I didn't right know have you ever oh, like actually, hit that yeah, yeah. like headed to boston kind of or? yes yeah yeah that's always like uh not fun not yeah. fun traffic if you're ever playing in manhattan insist on using the venues back line too yeah for the most part yeah you don't want to get stuck with like a what is it what do they call it like double parking or like what it yeah know, getting a ticket for something like that yeah and then or even a parking ticket because it's like 70 dollars yeah okay, you're yeah. like this venue paid us 70 dollars so that's it right there <laughs> here you go going right back over to new york for city the, for the bridge <laughs> yeah. The yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah tell, tell me about the new record um it is called this is fine and is it a reference to like the meme of the dog like it is okay awesome because i saw that artwork and it's like a doll on fire yeah so I saw the meme, you know, I obviously had seen it before. It's been around for a yeah, long yeah. time, but um, someone had posted it and it was right when Dolly's was ending 
and um you know my relationships were sort of uh, up in the air it was it was a tough time sure. i like moved home moved home from um where i was living in asbury with uh, my friend eric and lisa yeah and uh just felt totally like kind of trapped you know and a little like well, that I, was a pretty bad like the band ending was pretty heavy yeah it was we didn't end on good terms and it was we were on the road when uh the band sort of broke up oh shit actually okay and uh we did that richmond to new jersey thing yeah. and hit all that traffic oh. which was great after the band broke up. after the band oh, no. like, was breaking up well yeah. we weren't like sure what was gonna happen yeah. but basically um the guitar player said i can't do this anymore yeah um he and i had been dating for six years and we broke up in may so like the beginning of may and we were on tour in june so it was like he just had said you know can't do this anymore so couldn't yeah. blame him you know it was it was tough and um we wanted to try to make it work because so many things were going well for the band. Well, yeah, because you'd time, been a so. band for a long time, too. Yeah. And always a good band and, like, starting to get that recognition, I yeah. felt like, at that point, you know? Yeah, and it felt good, and it felt like we worked so hard for this. Like, yeah. We busted our asses playing three, four times a week, you know, yeah. everywhere and anywhere people would have us play. Yeah. So, you know, um, it was kind of a rough realization that, you know, like you know what, this is just not going to work, and that's okay. Yeah. But I felt like I sort of, like, poured gasoline all over my life and, like, lit a match and just was like, <laughs> okay. And that's kind of like uh, like when I saw the meme of the dog sitting in the house, I was like, that, that's me. <laughs> like, I was, like, just sitting around in my, like, burning house, just like, all right, you know, I did this, and I have to accept that I – that I wanted better for myself. I wanted a better life and to be happier. And in order to do that, I had to maybe break some not so great relationships. Sure. I needed a, a fresh start. And uh, it was like one of the hardest things I've ever done. And, but one of the things I'm most proud of. Yeah. You know, just sort of reboot at at 27 years old, you it's know. It's needed sometimes. Yeah. You don't want to feel like you're like becoming complacent and just like okay with how things are when you're really not and like I guess this is it forever, you know, like That's what it was coming down to. Yeah. It just it felt like for me like well, this is my relationship and I'm too far in in terms of time and money and the band and everything to like walk away from it. That's not true. Yeah. You know, you. one of the things that resonated with me the most was, like, the idea that at any point, like, it doesn't matter how long you've been with the person or been with the company or job or whatever. It, if it's making you unhappy, it's not worth it because it, life's so short, you know? Yeah. Why are you going to spend another six years not not getting what you need? Sure. Out of life, what you want. You yeah. Like, I didn't want to wake up and it be like, you know, I'm 35 and, and restarting then. I was yeah. like, I'm going to restart now because I know that that's what I need. Yeah. You knew that that's right. I give you a lot of credit for doing that because oh. there's a lot of people that don't. 
you know, and that's it. And they find new vices or things that like hold them over and like are generally unhappy. And like, yeah. you know, you see those people every day. Yeah. So it's hard to like kind of, you had to like literally rip yourself out of a situation. Yeah. And like, I'm sure it hurt and sucked really bad, but like, I'm glad things are, you know, doing like you're doing better. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah I feel like so much lighter. And I think that, um, you probably felt this too, like when you are doing stuff with a band and it's going well, um, it feels like the most important thing in your life. For sure. Which is important. And the music that you make um, is like important to you and should be. But it shouldn't be your, maybe your whole life. Yeah. It's it's it walks this weird line between career and like outlet of outlet. expression yeah but like your family your friends like the people who show up for you um you know are really like for me at least were so much more important than that and um you know i feel so much better knowing that i have a, a good uh backing like like you know what I mean? or something yeah. like you know I've I have a ground floor now sure. I have a a happy like support system support or system. whatever you yeah, wanna, yeah yeah exactly so when like different things are you know coming up for the band that maybe aren't great or like a sad thing oh we didn't get on this show oh this happened oh that sucks it doesn't feel like my whole world is like falling apart yeah it, one aspect of my world isn't working out not sure my whole life you know? yeah, so, yeah yeah it's good to have balance mm -hmm. definitely and, and perspective you know for sure stepping away from something and looking at it and being like well is was it gonna make or break me to be on this bill probably not no, like i'll probably yeah. be okay yeah. you know i don't know so the, the way like I feel like the way just the internet is though you're like kind of always self-comparing to like other things like oh, seeing yeah. missed out opportunities everyone's like portraying their best self too so it's just yeah. it gets tricky yeah like I feel too at times you know yeah right like you see a bill announced that you're like we should have been on that like you're a great fit for the bill yeah you know you can maybe draw more than another band on it. right like, stuff like that but it just like wasn't the time and maybe yeah they didn't think about it whoever yeah was or the is. promoter wanted to put their friend on like there's a million reasons yeah. like you know so as long as you just keep doing your thing you yeah. gotta just hope that eventually yeah you know it works out you yeah notice for it definitely and i think like i mean well wisher seems like it's already doing pretty well like out of the ashes of dollies like you almost didn't stop like i'm sure you took some t a little time off but right away you're back at it it was um i i took some time off but to kind of reflect and write i like when we came back from that tour i didn't tell work i was back you know i like kind of had this like two-week period where I had already taken off and was not gonna, I was gonna use that time to sort of like reflect. And I like spent every morning for an hour or two just writing. That's like, for the most part, most of the songs on the album like came from like that, this like couple of month period. Yeah. And um, yeah, like it uh, helped me so much, like just like recoup and refresh but then right after that it was like all right get a band together you know get 
start working on these songs. Yeah. I think um, a big motivating thing was we ended up splitting up the remainder of the to- uh, of any dates that Dolly's had booked, which was like stuff into the like fall even. Okay. So like we uh, between Jeff and I, we split up the the remaining dates between his um, solo, solo stuff, stuff yeah. and um, Well Wisher. So that put you know fire under my ass to get a band together and actually work on some of these songs. You did full band shows by like September. Yeah, I think our our first gig was in September. It was like a a making waves benefit, like a show for um, like um, suicide prevention. And um, yeah, (laughs) I don't know how it happened, but it did. It was like, I think we practiced maybe like three times before the show. Yeah, it was fine. And and, and, you know, since then, it's just been like honing in on the band and the members and and what everyone brings to the table and like what the songs mean and how to portray them the best and cool it's been good yeah. yeah and you did um how was that show in in asbury the um it was like i'm the avalanche who played oh it was uh newfound glory. newfound glory yeah 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 it was it was interesting it was like a early like 2000s like band kind of felt like bayside newfound glory but i mean they are still incredible bands yeah they're they, both relatively they're both pretty relevant still yeah like, you know. and their fans are awesome and like super nice people very welcoming cool. um yeah and it was everything worked in our favor for that show it was like it rained it was supposed to be on the summer stage but it was um like raining all day so they moved it inside to convention hall and then Newfound Glory got held up at the border, so uh, the Canadian border. So they ended up pushing the whole show back. So when people were showing up um, for maybe some of the later bands, yeah. we were going on. Yeah. So it was like most amount of people got to see us. That's great. And uh, walking around and convention all like thinking like I'm about to play this stage that led zeppelin played the beach boys you know just like insane stuff you're just like "Mm, all right this is cool (laughs) (laughs) you'd see they have like their tour posters like in the back for conventional and yeah some of the names on it are just like messed up like it's It's wild all right stevie wonder played here yeah cool (laughs) yeah i mean Azra has so much history too it's neat that in the past like 10 12 like eh, probably 10 years it's really come around yeah. Remember it used to be on like Weird NJ? Yeah. Like this abandoned ghost town is haunted. <laughs> yeah. This abandoned town by the sea. Yeah. There's yeah. like a picture of like the Asbury like Wonder Boy, like the whatever that thing is on the oh, building. Tilly? Yeah. Yeah. Like, all super faded and like yeah. yeah, creepy. Yeah. He is very creepy. It is like people weird. wear him on shirts and stuff. Really? <laughs> oh, there's also like one artist who turns uh Tilly into mermaids. That's cool. Same creepy ass face though. <laughs> Just like so, uh, I can't, I can't get behind that. He's too scary for me. Yeah, it's weird. I remember being a kid and being like, "Wow, that place looks really scary." Yeah. <laughs> I hope I never go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's a double edged sword because it's like up and coming and um, has been for a little bit. Yeah. You know, then we get these insane developers that like they just built this like crazy tower by the um ocean and i think a studio apartment there's seven hundred thousand dollars oh my fucking god a studio apartment <laughs> i mean insane. it's right on the beach yeah 
in a cool area. Well, well, now it's a cool area, yeah. Exactly, but yeah, just like, I can't, $700,000 for a studio is, woo. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty nuts. nuts. Yeah, it's, it's tricky, because it is nice to see all those venues pop up. Yeah. You don't want to feel like, you know, the place is losing its integrity, I guess. I don't know. Like, yeah, it feels like everyone's getting pushed out because rent's going up. Then it's an issue, I'd say. Yeah. You know, how do you feel about like the lanes reopening? I was like one of the people who like wasn't. I, I was just like, I was just happy that it was going to be a thing again. Yeah. Um, And I was excited for the caliber of show that was being brought there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cooler acts um, coming it's, through. It's different, too. They're booking different shows there now. Yeah. Kind of more like, because well, it's a nicer place now. And, like, yeah, like, more music venues is, is a better thing, ultimately. Yeah. I guess regardless. I, I know, like, there's some weird things about the owners. Or, I don't know. I've heard, I've heard weird things. Yeah. But they're booking shows that's, like, for our age of people but like people who kind of stop listening to music it feels like five years ago like the thursday reunions like oh like yeah stuff like, that. like i feel like bayside would play there or something yeah i mean but there are there are a lot of shows there yeah you know? we saw um phoebe bridgers play I which i don't know is. if you she's like um an up-and-coming um like kind of almost how would you say it gloomy songwritery-esque oh, cool. like type um of song but like really high caliber songwriting like awesome i think she's on ryan adams uh, label yeah um but that was awesome i'm trying to think of some of the cooler shows that came through too like kurt vile played there yeah uh but yeah it's sort of like you'd probably have to go to um either brooklyn or philly to see some of these acts coming yeah. through so it's cool that it's like in new jersey totally and you know um, bands will often pass up New Jersey yeah. on their tour. Yeah. So it's yeah. better there than not in Jersey at all. Yeah, that's how I felt. You know, I, I tell this story a lot because I guess, I, I, you know, people ask um, a fair amount because Dolly's, you know, played the, the old lanes. That was like our second home apart from New Brunswick. Like we'd play the lanes all the time. Yeah. I walked in to the new spot. And, you know, on the, on the outside, it looks pretty much the same. Like, they kept all the art. They kept a lot of the, the same stuff. But yeah. you walk in, and it's like an Ikea. Like yeah, it's way ad or something, different. You know? It's so different, yeah. So I kind of got a little emotional. Like, I was sort of like, I don't know why, but I want to cry. You know, like, yeah. it was like that weird moment. It's, it's sort of so different. It has like a TGI Fridays vibe kind of yeah, now. Yeah, like, right? Like, fun and very clean. And I get the the sentiment where, like, the old crowd felt like they helped build that place because there was like a community there and there's a scene and all that. And then it was kind of just ripped away. Yeah. You know? So I get that it, it definitely sucks. Yeah. But I mean, it's still a venue. I don't know. Yeah. I think like what they should have done is like change the name probably. Sure. Yeah. Like if they had rebranded it completely. Yeah. I feel like then it wouldn't have hurt. Uh, you know so many people in the community as yeah. badly as it did but the fact that they kept it the asbury lands and like sort of like made it sound like it was like going to be the same thing well, took over the same social media handles and all that and exactly. just kind of like, like revamped them yeah yeah it just sort of felt like a little bit of like a stab in the back or something yeah so also like the you know those people lost their job that were working there yeah same with like when the court tavern closed like however many years ago yeah 
it's like that that sucks same vibe it's like you know you feel very attached to a place and you feel like you've provided patronage and not only patronage but for like musicians like your work like you're like yeah you're driving energy and passion like playing music and having people come to the show and putting on good shows so yeah it's a hard bond yeah. to break well yeah like you said it felt like home like yeah. a second home you know yeah. so for that to be taken away yeah for business reasons i mean at the end of the day the owner sold it right like yeah. the owner at that time got bought out and now it's open again yep so it seems like house of independence is doing a lot of the more like punk shows too that the lanes was doing like they're yeah they're kind of figuring it out down there I feel they've like. taken on more definitely more of a role in the past year or so like for the community yeah you know being open to, to having shows i mean it's also a little bit of a smaller cap there i think at house at house possibly I think it's 300 i think it's 300 when the seats are pulled but it's five with like the the seats like um it's like basically like almost like uh bleachers you know oh yeah yeah Forgot about that so um but i think the lanes is bigger i don't know how maybe 800 or so yeah so yeah like like house is sort of like this middle man between maybe like the saint and um some other spots in town the wonder bar you know and like the bigger venues yeah yeah they've been great and uh definitely uh treat artists well and stuff which is nice too yeah totally you know sometimes bigger mid-level venues will uh have a sort of air about them and when you're a local band coming in they're sort of like whatever what you want a beer no you know like how many tickets did you sell you know like sort of giving you a shitty vibe but yeah my buddy who was working at the lanes i guess three years ago is at house now doing lights oh yeah uh what's his name josh josh yeah yeah yeah. he's super sweet yeah and uh jim norton too who was like the the primary guy guy at the old lanes is uh the head engineer at cool house now too yeah so you know they have like right-minded people definitely you know yeah i mean there it seems overall that everyone in asbury kind of gets it like did you did you ever feel like like when you played convention hall did you get weird vibes like from staff or anything? No, sweet as pie. Yeah, awesome. yeah. The um, I've I've heard some negative stories about some of the people who work at like the Stone Pony, like more could, of like the bar staff. Yeah, but everyone who like does the summer stage shows, they are such hardworking people they will show up you know the day before to set up everything it's a big setup be there early in the morning the next day because shows start earlier yeah and uh yeah they just like are very respectful and super nice so yeah cool yeah yeah asbury has a lot going on brunswick like i think doesn't have any venues yeah right right now like legitimate like i mean there'll always be like a basement scene here yeah um court tavern i don't think will ever exist again yeah in the right way no and it's the same owner too and it's just like i don't know if you've seen what's happened but it's a dude who owned like mike's court side right so he like moved that upstairs at the court okay so he closed down mike's court side and like so now he there's dining tables upstairs at the court wow (laughs) and it's not open ever like it's i don't know when the last time it was open even is but like maybe once or twice a month yeah so real strange yeah yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just 
that was a place that when all that was going down, it was just a classic case of like the staff ruled and the guy who owned it was like a jerk. Yeah. It just like it sucked. It did. You know, I mean, why would you sabotage yourself like that? Now it's never been the same. Yeah, I don't think he knows how to run a venue. Like just because it was a cool place in the eighties doesn't mean it's gonna automatically be cool now. Yeah. Like that was like the he did like an interview I think with NJ dot com and like that was his selling point. Like, you know, this place has a lot of history and it's like, yeah, yeah you kind of destroyed all of it. So. Yeah. Like, you made it a shitty place. So yeah. it's going to happen. Like, Definitely. I don't know. Since then, I mean, I, it's just so shocking to me. And I mean, I, I guess I understand because it is difficult with so many people under 21 in uh, the New Brunswick scene. Yeah. Um, but there has to be some way of making it work. Like, I don't know. Right. Some venue like bitch, hundred cap, two hundred cap venue. You yeah. know, I don't understand. So yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there's always gonna be, always be house shows, but it, a, a venue where you could get kids in there that's all ages and safe and like you can post the address would help the community. Definitely. Right? I mean, help the basement shows too. My mom, you know, still lives in East Brunswick where I grew up, and uh, she doesn't mind coming down to Asbury at all. But I mean. You know, she's always like, well, are you ever going to play around New Brunswick again? This is like, I mean, not unless you want to go to a basement, mom. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. It's yeah. it's tough around here. So. Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. Yeah. You'd think, too, that this would be a great destination because, like, for Asbury, you have to take two trains from Philly yeah. or the city to get there. But, I mean, New Brunswick, like, you'd only have to take one train from most stops like that. Yeah. Bigger cities and stuff. It makes sense that there would be, like, some kind of destination, cool venue in town. But I don't know. I think it's, it's the hard town. It's college town. Rent's expensive. A lot of landlords are greasy. It's yeah. It's like, yeah. it sucks. A lot of but, different factors. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Hey, you want to start a venue? <laughs> i mean i'd love to it's been like a talking point whenever someone from like new brunswick comes on we're always it always ends up like yeah change is falling out of my pocket <laughs> it always turns out like yeah it really would be cool to have an all-ages space in new brunswick yeah. and it's like well what do we do like how do we make yeah. it happen and we're all like struggling and trying to do our own things and, yeah like, you know the idea of like investing into something that like you said like greasy landlords like high rent high taxes it's just it's doesn't make sense you know yeah i would and love to eventually yeah right you know, that would be awesome yeah it's just who knows i have no idea how that stuff works yeah. even do they still have um shows it in the west ever or? they do um it's it's only shows they want to run which i get because it's their place and i think they're like kind of trying to get out of there i think phil has mentioned he's like trying to like kind of move out of there because it's a lot i think to maintain um but they'll probably have a show every two months at this point yeah cool and it's cool it's a lot of like um like exploding in sound-esque bands, like right. alternative rock yeah, in, in the truest form, Yeah, I, I feel like. Yeah. But yeah, it's a neat spot. Yeah. And uh, they, they still like record and have rehearsal spaces there too? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm not sure how like active. Last time I was there was probably like four months ago and he was like, yeah, we're mostly just doing like repairs and reco- rehearsals now. He's not like recording too much, but Phil will take any job that gets thrown his way. Yeah. And like do a pretty good job. So. Yeah. Yeah. Resourceful human. 
Yeah. Excellent human. Yeah. Always like just building shit and like, <laughs> very hands-on, which is like what you need to have a place like that. You know, yeah. like, they kind of built it themselves. Yeah. When we, when it was first, cause we sublet like there right from the beginning and it would like look nothing like how it is now. Yeah. Like they painted all of it. They like added doors and hinges and like soundproofed everything yeah. and like, you know, control panels and like help build stuff. So yeah, that's the biggest thing is just like being able to DIY stuff like that. Like, um eric romero um like my old bandmate and like engineer and producer i guess now yeah like, did he do the new record he did the new record um he you know we met a couple times uh with the songs and demos like beforehand and sort of like you know little tweaks or whatever he thought and then we rented an airbnb in the poconos and uh he, we basically like loaded up I think like two big trucks and like well like my minivan and like another big car and um took all of his equipment to the Poconos wow. pretty much yeah yeah so it was like a full like 16 track console and like you know super nice uh rack gear and stuff like yeah. that yeah wait you tracked up there yeah oh shit that's awesome yeah so it was kind of a cool story like it was an idea we were throwing around that we wanted to do. And um, I hit up, like, the very first Airbnb that I saw that made sense. Like, you know, had an open floor plan. Like, generally, like, you know, space to actually set up and play. Sure. I contacted them beforehand because I didn't want to, like, just show up there with, like, all this gear. And be like, hello. Like, yeah. <laughs> by, by the way, we're by doing By the way, this. like, I'm not vacationing. <laughs> like. Yeah. Um, so I emailed him and he was like, oh, are you Natalie? Like from Dolly's? And I was like, I was like, yes, I am. And he was like, that would be sick if you recorded here. Wow. That's awesome. So that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was stoked on it and we had like not a single problem, like the entire time. Like I thought, oh, making noise at night is going to be bad. Like neighbors are going to show up or something. It was excellent. Great awesome. recording experience. Yeah, yeah. We were there, I think, for like five days. Cool. And fully tracked the whole record except for lead vocals, which we did like at home. Yeah. And um, yeah, it went great. I was imagining in my head, I like every negative scenario that could have happened, I thought of. I was like, you know, neighbors, like, or like we blow the electricity. That's what I would worry about too. Or yeah. um, like, we're in, we're in the middle of Poconos, like bears just show up, <laughs> like anything. Like I was imagining any situation. <laughs> yeah. And and it went really well. So. Yeah. Yeah. How was it having like five uninterrupted days recording? It's the best way to record. Yeah. Um, you know, at this point, like you probably feel this too. Like you're, you've tried a lot of different things, different studios, different. You've been here, or there, tracked yourself, you know, and um. The the way we did the last Dolly's record was like that we were in a studio space in kernersville north carolina that is like a uh, compound it's like you know they have the studio and then they have a separate house where the band stays but still on the property and we did like a week there and it's just the best it's like you're so focused you're so in it it's like you wake up have coffee you know go to track yeah stop for a second have lunch talk for a bit track have dinner hang out talk uh, have a beer go track you know yeah. so it's like just very efficient 
and um you feel you're just like you know phone off like you can focus completely on exactly no work like you're not like oh well I'll be there, but I'll be at work till three. And then, yeah. you know, I, I hope I don't hit traffic and maybe I'll get there by five and we can track till eight, you know? Yeah. It's none of that. Just that's awesome. When uh, in angles did like, I guess the, the EP we just put out, which we, we tracked in May and it was my spring concert. It was literally like my spring concert wow. was Monday. Like we started drums on like Friday. So it was a crazy week at school. Cause I'm getting my kids ready. It's the end of the year. It was the last time they played for the school and their family. We played uptown funk. So <laughs> it was cool. But, um, yeah, it was fun. The, the whole school was singing along and all that. But, um, yeah, it was like I literally left the concert at 8.15, got to the studio at 9, and stayed at, like, 1.30 a.m. Then went back to school the next day. And it was yeah, just, like, wow. five days. It was just, like, eating Brutal. shit every night. Yeah. 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 And, like, ultimately, like, it came out fine. But, like, it would be awesome to just only think about the songs. You yes. Know? Yeah. Yeah, and the performance of them. It's, like... I find myself talking more and more about preparedfulness, like as a concept and idea. It's like, you know, at this level, like for a musician, it's like you don't, it doesn't just happen. It's not like this magical thing. It's like, yeah, I just like show up and then it's great. Yeah. It's like, no, it's like you practice, yeah. you make sure you drink enough water, you, you know, whatever you do to prepare yourself, it's like those things are so important. And like part of it is taking care of yourself and your body and stuff. So it's like if you are able to like have that headspace of just like this is the only thing I'm focused on and, you know, no other influences or factors, it's like that it it helps so much, I think. For, yeah. for me, maybe I'm just a very distractible person too. So. Well, I, I think know. as as a songwriter, it, like, uh, you're like the primary songwriter for Wallwisher, pretty mm -hmm. much. Yeah, I think it, it matters, you know, especially like as a singer too. Like you have to, you have to be there and like you know nailing your parts and all that. Definitely, so, yeah. Yeah. And also, I think like a lot of decision making was kind of left up to me because my bandmates are literally the nicest human beings on the whole planet, and like you know when it comes down to it it's like no ego like no one has an ego so yeah. it's just sort of like well i don't know just do whatever you want yeah. <laughs> and i'm sort of like um i mean it, i guess it's cool like i go through like everything in my head where i'm just like is it cool i don't know i think it is but am i i don't know like is it just like that it's new and I, like i think you know so yeah. i kind of go through that like artisty like doubtfulness thing um which isn't bad but it probably goes in circles and drives you crazy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've been there. <laughs> but that's cool. They let you like have your vision with it, you know. Yeah. And, like if they, I'm sure you're open to input. If anyone had like, you know. Yeah, it's a pretty. Um, it, it ended up working like fantastically, and like I think that all the things that each of them care about are so important and stuff I would not think about, and yeah. I think that it helped out with the successfulness of this record in my opinion you know so like lucas for example always has this thing where he's like if your second verse isn't lit the song sucks like it doesn't <laughs> like nothing else matters <laughs> like your yeah. set your second verse has to like drive the song to like a new place yeah. like something new has to be introduced that's, that's interesting like yeah interesting. or else it's just the same thing over yeah like, yeah like know. especially in the pop you know aspect of it or something yeah but like yeah i mean every song I was amazed that he would come up with like some cool guitar thing that totally did just that, you know, sort yeah. of like 
get introduced to the song you hear the chorus once and then you want to keep listening yeah because like some other cool thing is is happening that rules yeah yeah and then like and like i was telling before like you know creative drum parts stuff that you know you wouldn't hear necessarily on like a a fuzzy punk pop record you know so yeah yeah. everybody everybody was awesome yeah really focused i can't wait to hear it yeah, I'll I'll send it to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I can't believe I actually honestly haven't already. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been recorded for a while, right? Yeah, we finished in um, March. Cool. Yeah. How is it just sitting on a song record for that long? It's for me tough because I've already written like six or seven like done songs and have another like ten or so ideas sort of floating around right now. Yeah. So I'm sort of like hyped on new stuff. You know, like a lot of bands and people get. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm excited just how quickly this all happened yeah. in the first place. Because some bands sit on records for, you know, a year, two years before maybe they get signed or something. So yeah. for us to have um, been able to move so quickly and get 6131 to back us up and put out vinyl and cd yeah have it be in stores and stuff is like so sick for like the first kind of real thing that we did yeah they're pretty reputable like that's gonna hopefully help a lot yeah it's kind of nuts too because when you look at a lot of their like punk credits it's like kind of insane like you know i'm not i don't follow that scene maybe as closely as some some of my other friends but they're just like whoa like you know and i'm like oh I really like the Julian Baker record. Like, it's one of my favorites, you yeah, know, but yeah, yeah. maybe some of those other punk and hardcore records I'm not as familiar with. But For sure. Want to be. Yeah. How has it been, like, working with him so far? Like, uh, fantastic. Yeah. Excellent, like, people and communication and all the ideas that we had, they listen to and are very, like, attentive to us and um, excited, too. Like, um uh, Sean, who is Julian Baker's manager and one of the co-owners mm-hmm. of Six Month Run, um, is like the main guy that kind of helps us out. And uh, he told me that like this record was the first unanimous yes everyone in the label had. Yeah, and that like made me feel so good and like special. And I think like um, the like the fact that they're excited about it is like feels so nice. Yeah, because you know for. A lot of labels, I think it goes into sort of this, like, album cycle. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, well, okay, what are we pushing this month? Like, yeah. You know? You want to be treated special, you know? like Yeah. For each band should kind of get a different treatment, I feel like. It's like you're excited and you want to be met with that same excitement, not sure. just like, all right, well. Here's another one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. How many people work for that label? I'm not totally sure. Maybe, like, um... They they have like, sort of like a smallish team, you know. Yeah. Maybe well, like I think most, three or four people. Yeah, yeah, that's still pretty good. Like, yeah. There's like a, a fat wreck documentary, and like it starts with them like working in a warehouse, like ten people, and it ends with them like two people in a tiny office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like that scene of music has shrunk a lot too, and you know the music industry has obviously changed a lot in the past 10, 15 years. Yeah. But anytime you have like a group of people working on stuff, like, and they've proven like to have positive outcomes before, like pretty promising i think yeah yeah i think so and i think um it definitely provided an opportunity i don't think this band would have had which is like have a record on vinyl you know i don't think that we would have been able to just financially afford it for sure so excited for that excited to like hold it you know in my hands it's like 
coming this week so yeah <laughs> yeah i'm looking forward to it awesome yeah is there anything else you want to add we, um, we can wrap wait can we put a song at the end of this do yeah you want to do that is yeah that cool? totally totally okay yeah. awesome That's all right awesome. so we'll i mean i'll do that after <laughs> right right it'll be like well yeah thanks for thanks for coming on yeah this thanks cool. so much for having me yeah next week right 28th 28th i feel fine is that uh it? this is fine this is fine sorry. yeah just like the meme i'm sorry yeah <laughs> yeah check out well wisher it's good it's good stuff all thank right. you